friends, it's all the fucks. Your friends here at all fucks. I was the way the, the way you were going. Ah, I was gonna harmonize with you for a second. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I I'm Jen Ponton. I'm Lillian Bustle. And here on All the Fucks, we bring you a story. Okay, so there's been some minor confusion, and that's okay because Lillian and I have been creating episodes uh, almost every day up until like a month ago (laughs) so that you could just dig your little meat hooks into them and have something to do during quarantine. And because of that, not everything that we made was about us being incredibly vulnerable, earnest, hot messes. A lot of the things were about, let's just entertain you as much as we can. (laughs) So we dolloped each other. We've We've got scary stories. We've got, we got series pelican facts. We've got pelican facts. We've got B horror movies. Whoa, we've got New Jersey. I mean, that might be a dollop I don't want to let go of. No, no, to be quite no. Honest. We can keep doing that for sure. I, I mean, uh, that series. I got so excited. Yeah, there's, there's so much. <laughs> there's so much. Uh, but, but. You know, now that we are back to a regular format, now that we're back to once a week, we're um, we're we're staying firmly in our lane of stories of the heart and soul and um, every little bit of of squishy unsureness and vulnerability and fear and also like confidence that builds within you and strength and knowing yourself and all of that beauty and all of that um cringeworthiness that's where we live here (laughs) undigested emotions (laughs) undigested emotions everything is what is it that scrooge says a like a spot of undigested beef ew yeah (laughs) that's what our that's what our ghosts are that's what our ghosts are. Ghosts, All of them. Ghosts of, yep. of fucks past, present, and future. <laughs> this is one non-ending Christmas uh, nightmare. Christmas Carol. Christmas nightmare. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, uh, that's us. That's us. So today we have joining us um, a lovely individual whom I had the pleasure of meeting this year at Sundance Film Festival. One of the last times I left my house before none of us could leave our houses. Fuck buddies, this is Kia Brown. Hi. Hi, Kia. Hey, you I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you with us. Um, Lillian and I, I it's interesting because we haven't we were not really on uh we were not producing for very long before quarantine Mm -hmm. we we were we are still a baby podcast and we were even more of a baby podcast and back in the days before we thought this was gonna happen we (laughs) we we had like our we had our wish lists of people that we could talk to and guests that we would have on the show people who we were certain had really good stories and who we wanted to share with the world and you were on my list uh even then but really now I was like oh yeah oh yeah absolutely (laughs) it's really fun to think about people who probably have great stories and it's this combination of like knowing that you probably come from some shit (laughs) (laughs) and also knowing the caliber and strength and um confidence of of who you find yourself to be as you as you grow up as you become a badass which you very much have become thank you (laughs) 
I do what I can. You're welcome. <laughs> you do a lot. Yeah, you seem to you be do a lot. You seem to be juggling multi layers of badassness. <laughs> I'll take it. I will take that. <laughs> so, Kia, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, unless you'd like us to do it. In which case, we will we will like sing in Canterbury Tales style the glory of who you First are. First of all, I can't sing. So, if like when I'm done, if you could just sing something, that would be great. Because I yes. can't. I'm terrible at it. I do it all the time, but I'm terrible. Ugh, the <laughs> worst singer in the world is me. A joyful um, noise I, is all I, we need. <laughs> <laughs> Where to begin? I am um, a journalist and author. I released a book last year in August called The Pretty One on life, pop culture, disability, and other reasons to fall in love with me, which you can yes! buy. Yes! Oh my god, is that your byline? Yeah. Fuck yes! <laughs> you can buy it now. It's available for purchase. Um, I tend to, you know, write articles about pop culture because I'm pop culture obsessed. And then, you know, I'll do essays on identity and um, just sort of what makes us who we are and how those things impact the world that we live in. Um, So, yeah, I try to do a bit of everything. I'm also an aspiring screenwriter. I don't count yet because, I mean, I've written some things, but they're not out in the world. So I'll count it then. I try to do a bit bit of like... That feels unfair to yourself. (laughs) For most of us, they're not in the world, right? For most of us, there's just a giant pile of scripts and we're like, just give me a chance. That's true. (laughs) So, yeah, you're right. I'm technically a screenwriter. I can't can't quite say it yet, but I'm I'm well on my way. I try to... um, my whole thing is like being in love with pop culture and never seeing yourself. It's like I got to a point where I was like, I can be, I can write that own representation that I've like longed for. So that's the goal and the dream and the, you know, the way we work for. But um, yeah, I do a pretty, I do a lot of everything really. I try to write as much as possible because I don't know, I just, I've always loved it. It's always been my bread, butter, and jam. But <laughs> I finally feel like maybe I can, like, you know, make a career out of it and, and keep doing the things that I love to do. Like, I love telling stories. I'm a naturally nosy person. So I want to hear <laughs> yes. other people's stories. Us too! And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I'm just a writer who likes to write and a reader who likes to read and a person who likes to talk. <laughs> you are our people! <laughs> That's our people. (laughs) It's interesting because Lillian and I have talked um, something that we come back to as friends and that we've come back to a little bit on the podcast, but not at length. It's something that I think you could speak to significantly. And that is, um, I know you're a touch younger than us, but really up until recent years, being able to see yourself in an ascending number of marginalizations, whether it's ethnically or gender or um, or sexuality, identity, mm-hmm. ability, was nearly impossible. And so Lillian and I talk a lot about how, uh, despite being white people, really all we had to look to for our, as our mentors as our role models were dudes and how that then kind of affects the lens of how you see yourself so who growing up 
were despite the fact that you didn't see yourself mirrored in any of them. Who did you look to as your protagonist? Who felt like you and made you mad because you were like, ah, oh, I feel like this person and why don't they get to look like me and have the kind of life experience that I have? There's so many like things and people because I find myself like at least now going back to a lot of um, Disney Channel movies like uh, Gotta Kick It Up and like the 13th <laughs> Year and um, like all of these random movies that I loved Don't Look Under the Bed like all these random movies that I loved <laughs> and like you would you know either see like I love the best Cinderella the only Cinderella that I acknowledge except for Drew Barrymore's uh, Ever After of course is uh, Riders in Hammerstein, Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston. With Brandy! Yes! I knew it! It's literally, like, bar none, so much better than the animated version. Sorry, Disney. I'm just... <laughs> They'll be fine. I, I you know, it's cool. You don't Disney, have to apologize Disney, to Disney doesn't need any of our support. <laughs> they so anyway, they can that, collectively I'm, go I'm, cry in their money. <laughs> that's right. I love that movie so much, and so when I think about, like, in terms of seeing myself, I always... Like, I felt like so much like a Cinderella, not because I had any, like, annoying stepsisters or, like, terrible stepmother, but just because I was, like, desperate for more, even when I was, like, a kid. And so, like, yeah, I saw myself, obviously, in aspects of that entire cast. It was so, you know, diverse and inclusive, and it didn't feel like just one token thing that, that I think mm -hmm. tends to happen even now right. in Hollywood. Oh, so yeah, I saw I saw myself in that. And then like, you know, in standard TV shows, I, I'm a 90s kid, 28. So I, you know, watched Lizzie McGuire and Gilmore Girls and um, Everwood and like all of these shows that used to be on ABC Family, which is now Freeform, whatever. Uh, <laughs> like I, saw, I, I found bits and pieces of myself in those characters and I just kept thinking like wouldn't it be so cool instead if like I could see a black disabled queer woman on TV with these same sorts of like opportunities that these that, you know that these white able-bodied straight characters have and so for me it was just like I found bits and pieces of myself in part because I had to, you know, in <laughs> yeah. these characters. Like, you get that. Like, you have right. to. And it's... Right. Th this is what you have. Either that or you never watch TV or read a book. Sorry about it. Right. 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 Like... And so, especially, like, in terms of, like, it, it frustrates me because when you think about when you do get rep, how bad that rep often is and, like, how much damage it actually does. And you're like... This is not what I was talking about <laughs> right. when I was talking about, right. you know, representation. So then they're like, look, we did it, though. Look. Yeah. <laughs> right. Where are our cookies? Right. What do you mean? Where is our Peabody? What are we? Your cookies are <laughs> all in the mouth of the one fat person in, <laughs> in the TV. <laughs> and you're just like, OK, what am I supposed to do? OK, fine. I'll do something with this. I don't know what yet, but. And so yeah, it's been it's it's been like that really for um quite some time. I think we're we're in 2020 obviously. But <laughs> hopefully we'll see we're starting to see something shift, but who's to say? I mean honestly. <laughs> hopefully we'll even make it out of this year. God. Right. I know, right. <laughs> 
we, we should all, I think I'm going to get a 2020 tattoo that's just like, <laughs> I, I lived through this year and all I got was this lousy fucking tattoo. <laughs> right. Lillian, you should do it in Action Park font. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2020. Oh, God. With things exploding in the background and people's heads falling off. 2020 in front of the cannonball loop. Yeah, that's exactly what we're in right now. Oh. That is. That's that's it. Who do you feel like, Kia? Um, and I feel like as we go, as we move through marginalized groups, there are groups within. There are groups where it's easier to find that progress, and groups where it's more difficult. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like ability is one of the more Mm, frustrating places where you just are not seeing the kind of diversity that you want. Yes. Uh, I think I think the thing that kills me the most about rep with regards to disability is that you only see one type currently and then the type that you see it's not even good representation. So you can't even be mad at the rep that people do get because it's bad anyway. Like I'm right. so sick of seeing movies where it's white, straight, wheelchair users who are male, who have a crush on a non-disabled girl who doesn't like them back or magically, wow, does. And right. either way, right. they're dead before the credits roll. And I'm just like, that's not... Jeez. Oh, that's, that's not, so bleak. It's exhausting. Right, it's so bleak. I'm yeah. like, well, I, I'm going to walk out of this movie theater... Alive, knock on wood, because who knows these days, but but I'm going to walk out of here alive, and that's the rep I get. Like, first of all, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm not white, I'm not male, (laughs) and I I don't use a wheelchair, and I think that it's important that people realize that disability goes beyond the use of a wheelchair and I think that that's it's interesting because you have to try to find the right wording for that because I don't want to alienate you know my friends who do use wheelchairs who are wheelchair users but at the same time I'm like but you know what about the rest of us you know like and I think it, it even does a disservice to invisible disabilities as well like mine you can physically see I have cerebral palsy it impacts the right side of my body I walk with a limp like it's very visible and so there's even a bit of privilege in that because sure people are more inclined to believe me when i say hey you know my knee hurts or my hip hurts or i just need to take a minute like i need to rest um and i think that like when you see these portrayals of disability where it's just a singular narrative where this guy he used to not be disabled because of course we don't talk about those of us who were born this way we only talk about the ones that come into disability so he hates himself and he ends up dying or whatever he thinks that he's sacrificing himself for some greater good like that's exhausting to me like i'm not sacrificing myself for some greater good no i want to live my life fall in love fall out of love eat good food you know, I want to mm-hmm. eat a, I want to eat a pizza by myself. I want to, you know, mind oh, my, my business, but I also yeah. just, I want, the things that I want don't seem possible for disabled characters, and that's the most exhausting thing about it, mm-hmm. is because, like, for me, it's not like representation is going to save the world, but I think it is imperative when you think about the world at large and how we see each other and 
see ourselves. You know, I think that representation really is a gateway into, you know, lived experiences that are often outside of our own. And so when you look at disability and the representation that we get, what you find is that people believe that that's all that disability is. And so people like me, you don't see it all. Like I'm, you know, not yet. I have I haven't been invented yet. In terms, in terms of representation, right. <laughs> right. oh right. man, my friend <laughs> and I, <laughs> um, my friend Bojana, uh, she does a lot of stuff about um, disability awareness, and she is blind, and she wa- She has some vision. She walks with a cane, but she identifies as blind, and I. She talks all the time about how people don't fucking believe her <laughs> because she doesn't wear the sunglasses and she doesn't like look blind enough so mm-hmm. she she doesn't look like cartoon robin hood as he's going around with right. his cup right really? exactly because that's the only thing people have ever seen that's what people see and that's they're like oh well that bananas what that looks like and then you but you can't even do that representation with with some disease <laughs> it's like right, you can't right my my thing about all of that too though is because i i, I talk about this in other layers but so many people see other people's bodies as a puzzle. Like they, they need to know why you need to sit in that seat when you've asked to sit in that seat. They need to know why you got like a better seat at Broadway when like, why, how come you deserve a special treatment when I can't look at your body and solve, solve it. Not, a, not the problem, right. but it's a puzzle. Um, like when people are like, Oh, she must be, pregnant or oh she must not be blind or or any of these things mm-hmm. and I, I think and I, I hope fingers crossed um that now that we're changing away from tv and entertainment is becoming so much more democratized uh people want to see not just themselves like obviously people want to see themselves reflected in things but people are hungrier for diversity to see different kinds of people represented and mm-hmm. slowly sl- oh, God, please fingers crossed. I, h- I hope that the more we can embrace the fact that everyone has a crazy story to tell, the hungrier mm-hmm. we will be to see other people. I think podcasts are helping with that too. Do you, do you listen do to podcasts too. at all? Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm a podcast junkie. And so like a lot of the podcasts I listen to, um, save like three are from people who whose experiences are outside of my own just because I find like what what draws me to a thing or a person or something is like their perspective and so like I I tend to listen to podcasts like um Billie Eilish's brother Phineas has a podcast with his girlfriend called We Bought a House and I don't know what it is <laughs> But I just love it. I think it's just like funny and smart, and they're very, they have like very good natural chemistry. You know, sometimes people are like dating, and they get like in front of a mic or a camera, and you're like, "This is awkward." But it's, <laughs> it's just, I just love it, and I think about the fact that like so many of the things that I enjoy, not only have I like found bits and pieces of myself out of like sheer desire or force rather I'm also listening to these things because I want to and so it's not necessarily to me that like every single person has to look like you or be like you for you to take something out of it it's just the idea that we deserve the chance 
to see ourselves represented fully. Yeah. Especially when you have all these 5011 coming of age stories about white dudes who wish that they could like hold on to their youth. Like, ew. Oh I saw this one indie <laughs> film where like this guy who I'm sure the actor's a nice person, but the whole premise was like... <laughs> Sorry, I know what's about to come out of my mouth when I say things like that, but go on. <laughs> right, like the whole premise was like, he was going back to his college for some like alumni weekend and he like falls in love with this college girl and I'm like, ew. Like you're an adult man. <laughs> she's in college what are you doing I mean like and he's he's not just like oh a year or two out of college he's like out of college um, oh so, gross and so <laughs> like it's just how many more of those types of stories do we need you know whereas like none right. John Hughes nailed it right like if, if all we have for white angst anymore is John Hughes hey right we'll take like, it Absolutely. It's just so it's just funny to me because it's like we can recognize that we can that we have the ability to see ourselves in other people, but they don't yet know or care that they can do the same. And so we're constantly seeing the same types of stories recycled and oh, there's this brooding brunette guy from somewhere upstate or in New York City or in Chicago trying to find himself and it's like you're 48 what do you what what youth are you trying to chase it's okay to be for I don't know it's just I find yeah. it frustrating yes nah it's easy like, to sell things to those people though that's why they keep right, making those stupid right. fucking movies because those are the people oh, who no. are like I'm 48 and I have money and I can feel my, my youth slipping through my fingers I guess I should buy this car and this fancy watch, and right. like, and a, and a leather jacket, things. and like, yeah, like a motorcycle, uncomfortable. That's their whole thing. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. And you want to support it too because it's <laughs> indie, right? right. Kia. So it's like, oh, come on, Scra- you know, scrappy up and coming filmmakers and writers, and maybe they're maybe they've got a fresher energy, a fresher take, and it's like. Yeah, it's never it's never nope. fresh. It's always just like, oh, okay, we're doing this again. Cool, cool, cool. Right, right. <laughs> and to your point, to your point about like, if you go to see a movie and there is disability represented, like it it ends horribly. It ends with death. It ends with sacrifice. We find the same things with mm-hmm. queer stories, and we find the same things with black characters. It's like all the world wants. All the world wants is to hear the the tragedy of that existence. And yeah. I think so much of the power, not like so much of the universal power and hum- and humanity power, but also so much of the entertainment is in the joy of that lived experience. Right. Right. It, it, it's, it's wild because like I was telling someone the other day, I'm like, I've literally seen one movie centered on disability first and foremost two one where where they, where they don't die in the end and they're not you know like killed off there was this one movie with selena gomez in it uh, it was on netflix for a while there and then crip camp which is also on netflix those were the did you like crip camp i loved it oh oh good i mean it was like not everything is perfect in it you know i still think it's sure. very white but 
I loved it. I saw it at Sundance when we were there, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, God, and I was like, ugly crying? Like, you know how you cry and it's <laughs> cute, and you're like, oh, uh, it wasn't that. It was like, <laughs> I don't, I've never cried like that. I'm not, I've never, I don't even know how to cute cry. Like God, people do it all the time, and I'm like, how? Uh-uh, I don't. No, I can't relate. My face gets all red. And no, there's know. crumpling. Why well, yeah, try so? There's I try secretions. so hard not to cry because when it starts, then I like hyperventilate and stuff. So that's the problem at the beginning of my cry. Is that maybe mm-hmm. if I just breathe through it, I could have that adorable sweet trickle. But instead, I'm like, <laughs> and then shove like, it down. <laughs> Or at least, like, so I can get someplace quiet and private. And then it's almost like, it's almost like my tears shooting out my nose. Like, everything. I tried so hard. I'm sorry, Jen. You just took a glass of drink of water. But that's, and then it's just, like, explosive. And then my face is red for hours afterwards. But you know what? Fuck it. It's emotions. Like, wait to cry. And then by the time that you're alone, you don't have the feeling anymore. Because that's yes, happened to that's me a couple worst. times. I'm like, geez, I was ready all day to get here. <sighs> it's like getting it's a caught. sneeze caught. <laughs> You're like, it was there. Yeah. <laughs> I had it. <laughs> if I had just let it happen. Right. Or like getting into your head too much before you have an orgasm. Mm, and then, <laughs> and then it's you're over. Like, ah! you're like, oh, it either didn't happen or it happened and it was like. Oh, wow. that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah same with because it's a tension release thing all of it i mean the sneeze mm-hmm. yeah yeah the orgasm or the cry it's all like the tension and then when it's out right. um i <laughs> would love to hear um well i really first of all i don't your hashtag uh disabled and cute i love that I think Thank that you. that's that's another thing that people I don't know why we're still so insistent on saying like she's pretty for being old like why 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 whatever <laughs> the thing is that we've decided is the um is it some anti hot right yeah. right like oh I expected you to be a monster and you're not so I'm going to qualify <laughs> your value on this planet by putting a butt or a four a, anyway um, no, I love, I love disabled and cute. And I didn't actually, I have friends that use that all the time and I didn't realize that it was your hashtag. So, so double excited to meet you, but, um, thank you. I can tell you that that has been a very, very important, very important thing for a lot of people to be able to feel like someone's championing that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was like, it began because I was celebrating myself. You know, because I had spent so long being, like, very uncomfortable in my body. And I felt like, you know, I wasn't good enough because of my disability and blah, 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 blah. And it took a lot of therapy and, like, some deep self-reflection for me to be like, oh, wait, no, girl. Guess what? Surprise. We're cute. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so that's really how it was born. And then it it went viral in a way that I was not expecting. Because I thought that, like, maybe five of my friends would absolutely use it just to support and then it sort of took off and so for me it became this thing where it was like there is no but right it's only and it's it's both at the same time because you're right we do live in a society that's like oh you're pretty for a black girl or oh you're pretty for a disabled for, for somebody who's disabled or like you're pretty for this for that there's always these like 
don't know if it's qualifiers or quantifiers, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, qualifiers. And so it's like, I didn't want yes. that to be, yeah, yeah caveat, thank you. Mm-hmm. I didn't want that to be the the lived reality of myself, but also other disabled people. I just think that so often we we forget that that's sort of insulting, and so people will say it like they're complimenting you, and you're like, shut up, no, like, shut up. that's not it at all. Um, so yeah, I think that the hashtag helped, I hope. Yeah. Do you think people have Definitely. any idea how condescending they sound when stuff like that comes out? Ooh, tell us if I'm sure that you have a couple of fun stories about <laughs> stuff, fielding garbage from assholes. <laughs> For sure. And by the way, we like to to your point, you are adorable. Thank you. Period end of sentence. You're so cute and you're so um the the person who you are is just such a romantic protagonist, right? She's flirty and confident and sassy. And like, she's she's gonna flirt with and fall in love with whoever she wants. And of course, they're gonna fall in love with her because she's so fucking lovable. Thank you. And <laughs> yes, I absolutely it. want to see stories about that person. And I want to hear these stories from your life too. So they honestly... They can be about every intersection of your identity or none of them at all. Mm. Um, it truly doesn't matter. All that matters is that you're a, an interesting and confident person and have badass stories. And that's really... Thank you. That's it. I'm actually working on a long come, so... Fingers crossed. Yeah, of course you are. Let's do this. Hopefully it'll, you know, see the yes. light of day. But I think, it to your point about people who are condescending, at first I was like... There's no way that they don't know that they're being condescending. But I've run into people who literally did not know that they were being absolute condescending pieces of shit. So what what happens more than I'd like for it to ever happen <laughs> is that personal trainers or oh. like people really into CBD oil Oh, no. <laughs> they'll message me and like, listen, I, I, you know, I was just called to talk to you because they're always called to talk to me. No, and they always, they oh, always no. say the same thing. They're like, this CBD oil or this thing can cure your cerebral palsy, and I just was called to tell you this. Now, mind you, oh. all I'm doing is either. Instagramming about cheesecake or tweeting about cheesecake. Just minding my own grown yes. business. And they're like, yeah, well, I can um, I can do this. All I need for you to do is pay such and such for shipping and handling. And I'm like, get out of here. No! Like, it's, it, it, it's to a point where it's like, I wrote about it in the book because, like, a full chapter... On this idea of people who either tell me they have CBD oil that's going to fix me. Because I need to be fixed, apparently. And people who are like, you know, um, God's going to heal you, you know. You just have to figure out what it is that you did wrong. And I'm oh, like, no. what you're not going to oh, do. Right, ugh. right. It's like, what you're not going to do is use God, who I absolutely, truly believe in. To tell me and are cool with, right, I guarantee. Yeah, right. <laughs> to tell me that I need to, I need to learn a lesson so that I'm fixed, so that you feel better. 
about oh me. My God. And it happens so often. I feel like, too, the more visible that I become, the wilder the messages get. Like, like just people being no. like, I don't, I don't even know you. Half of them don't even follow me, these places. That's how they say that. Like, we don't know each other, but I feel called to you. Like, no, you're just... You're just annoying. Hounding my hashtag. Right. Like, like, yeah, Or I'll be of like, course. like, oh, well, you're, you know, you talk about disability too much. Or you, you talk about race too much. You talk about queerness too much. And it's like, so your CBD oil <laughs> is supposed to make me be quiet? I don't, I don't quite get it. And it's just like this, it's... Oh my God, Kia! That's absolutely what they're. What they're they just want you to shut up. So CBD will like knock you and out. They're like, hey, this is gonna make you sleepy. You'll take a nap. You'll wake <laughs> up and wham, bam. You know, you'll be quieter. Like, no. How much no. CBD oil do you have to take before you're not a patronizing piece of shit? Because you're right. not taking the right dosage, baby. <laughs> no, they never are, and it's just so funny because I'm like, but what you could have did was. Shut up and leave me alone. But you didn't. But, and so sometimes, but, like, oh, like, sometimes I get some doozies off in my DMs. Like, wait a minute. Wow. How do you what feel, you, though, wow, wow. about lavender oil? Because. Um, first of all, lavender oil smells so good. I'm super open to lavender oil because I just love the way it smells. Yeah. You know, I mean, if people want to. essential oil it, people, though. Like, they have, they right, have like, a, there's a religious know. end to that, too, that doesn't make any sense to me. It's just a mess. <laughs> like, if you want to give me something, I'll take free clothes and, like, right. sponsorships. Right. But don't yes. come into my mentions, like, or my DMs, like, just pay X, Y, and Z amount for CBD oil. What's or, predatory? <gasps> they love yoga. They're like, listen, <laughs> yoga is going to be... <laughs> Yoga is that stuff. Yoga is the one. And it's so funny because one day, one day randomly, I was on Instagram and I was like in my Instagram stories laughing about how someone said to me that uh, yoga was going to be the thing to cure me, right? And then this disabled person comes into my DMs and they're like, I'm offended that you were making fun of yoga because yoga has helped me a bunch. And I'm like, right, but it didn't cure your disability, did it? And she was like, no. And I was like, exactly. So why are we having this conversation? Like, it was just so funny because she was so upset. Oh I'm like, yoga isn't the thing that I'm making fun of. I'm making fun of the idea that yoga is supposed to be the thing that cures me. And it's just, oh, my God. It's a trip. We're, we're so, I think that we're also, uh, as a society, obsessed with with being able to be in control. I think that's where a lot of this comes from is that, mm-hmm. is totally. that, of, I mean, if we even think that there's something we can do specifically to, to, to win salvation from a deity, mm. right? Okay. If there's mm-hmm. something that we can it's so do, puritanical. Right? we're like, I did X, Y, Z, check those boxes going to heaven and also going to be, we we're so obsessed with the idea of being fixed. Like, uh, one of the best things that's, I think that's also why though people have a hard time going to therapy because admitting, admitting that you can, you can work on something for the rest of your life and not be fixed is what therapy is. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm going to be broken forever. Yeah. Guys. No. <laughs> Just settle in, get a drink, yeah. <laughs> pop some popcorn. I'm, I'm fucked up for a very long time. Nothing, nothing more liberating. 
has ever <laughs> happened to me over the course of my life than accepting who I am and trying to find the best version of that without trying to be anybody else or trying right. to consider myself. I mean, I do consider myself a little bit broken, but in a, in a beautiful, wonderful, flawed way that is not something I'm right. trying to fix. It's something I'm trying to soothe and, and like sit with and understand the, right. my cracks, all my cracks. <laughs> I got I a lot love of cracks. That, something you're trying to soothe. I love. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That was beautiful because it's really that's really what it is. Like, I do therapy once a week, and we talk about that. Where I'm just like, I. There are things about myself that I want to change, just so that I'm a better person all around, right? But I'm not trying to change myself to appease other people like you know what I mean I think that's the difference between being in therapy and trying to tell other people what to do when you're not in therapy is this idea that you're like I know what I'm doing what's best for me based on me and this professional discussing it but what you know is what you saw (laughs) in a YouTube video three years ago like just (laughs) go somewhere else with your little cornball advice I don't, you know what I mean? It's just interesting that people who are the ones that could benefit from therapy the most are often the ones, like, doling out the world's worst advice for people who are already working on themselves in the first place. Yeah, that's... Lots of people have lots of opinions on how you should live your life. (laughs) I don't... I genuinely don't understand that. Like, I... Um, I'm a nurturing person and I, I have occasionally seen people, even close friends where I'm like, I mean, I think we've all been friends with someone who was a slow moving car crash, you know, where you're like, I (laughs) want to help and nothing I do is helping, (laughs) but... And you're still going. Uh, Okay. (laughs) But I think it's that control thing again, too, like to be able to feel like you saved yourself or someone else that's the narrative that we see in so many of those of those like coming of age movies also where it's like Mm -hmm. somebody needed to be saved and then someone saved them I don't know now I'm rambling but um no that's so true because then even too like it's like either you saved someone right or you did this like drastic change and you're not at all the person that you used to be. Like, I find, too, like, I think about Greece all the time. Yes. And how literally Sandy was like, tell me about it, Stan. I'm going to give you this leather in this 80-degree heat. I know. And enjoy it. And it's like, okay, but you changed every single thing about yourself to to get the guy. And so, like, that's why every time that I do, you know, anything, or even with my rom-com, it's like, the only thing that needs to be changed is like a worldview, not so much the actual person. Because when you give everything that you are to one singular person, you cease to be a person at all yourself. And that's the thing that's always bugged me about like a particular era of rom coms is like, so she has to change herself completely to be seen as worthy. And- and it's usually, it's usually, like, some dude wearing her down, right? Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, you've got to loosen up. Oh, you've got to be more like this. And, like, poke, 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 poke. 
Mm-hmm. And they're never worth it. You notice too, no, like you're like, they're never worth it. You're like, what are you doing worth with it? This? You know? You, no. <laughs> Danny Zuko does not give good cunnilingus. That is not. No, you can... <laughs> he doesn't at all. He, ref... he refrains but expects her to. He's like, yeah, you you need to, but I won't. You can just I like to think that when they go up in that car, she then uh, breaks out her strap on and she's like, so all of this leather is because I need to peg you. And here we are. Right. I mean, hey, I think he'd be into it. <laughs> I Absolutely. I think... That John Travolta probably is definitely a receptive person, but I don't think Danny. <laughs> Danny seems like one of those. We were talking about a Reddit thread, if I can move sideways here, about um, guys who are afraid to wipe their butts because they think that it's gay. <laughs> Kia, do you know about this? Ugh, how disgusting. This is the that? worst, grossest, dumbest thing I've ever heard. And they, like, publicize it. Like, yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, what? you guys are what? They're like, no way, guys! I thought it what? We were supposed to do that? Yeah. Who's? Yep. I just somebody, somebody thought Who's about it. Someone them? believed it. Like how? <laughs> how did that even get started? Also, if if I may, not not that we need to talk about this for the rest of the podcast, but we could if we wanted to. Like, butts are the thing that most people have. <laughs> butts are right. the most egalitarian <laughs> body part. There's nothing gay about a butt. There's nothing straight about a butt. Everybody's right. got a butt. It just is. A butt's just a butt. Butt's a butt. <laughs> Non-denominational. <laughs> ecumenical. <laughs> butt, butt, butt. Um, uh, so wait. Uh, you were... Are you... Where were you born? Where did you grow up? I grew up here in western New York. So, like, I live near Buffalo. Okay. If that helps. Niagara Falls-ish area. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I grew up here. I mean, they're, you know, it's, like, not a small town, right? But, like, people know each other. Like, most of Mm -hmm. each other. And, like, you pretty much go to school with the same people all your life. And um, then I went away to college to a college called SUNY Fredonia, which was like two hours away from me. So it felt like far enough away to where I could just like do what I want to do. And then close enough to where like if I want to come home and get like good food, (laughs) I can do that. Yep. Um, So yeah, I mean, I've been here all my life and in L.A. has always been the dream. You know, just, I love, I love the West Coast. So, hopefully one day, you know, especially with what I want to do, you know, screenwriting and stuff like that. So, you know, that's the goal. But I've been, you know, East Coast here in Western yeah. part of the state of New York do you have all a, my life. And... I know you have a sister. Do you have a big family? Yes. Um. So, my immediate family is small, but, like, my family, cousin, tons of cousins and aunts and uncles so it's me my twin sister leah my mom cheryl and then my brother eric so there's just there's the three of us but like our family the three of us jesus am i even good at math no the four of us <laughs> That's okay. and i'm like yeah the, 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 there's the three of us now there's four of us and then you know i have a bunch of cousins and aunts and uncles and they're all like spread out nice 
Oh my god, Kia and Leah. Mm-hmm. I do that. I do that too. By the way, every That's time dark. I'm the person who rolls up to a hostess stand at a. Uh, why is it called a hostess stand? By the way, too, we can come back and unpack that later. Um, but right. like. <laughs> You know, when you're putting your name in at a, at a restaurant and they're like, how many people? I'm always like, four. No, seven. No. Wait. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm just just I'm, me. I'll sit at the I'm bar. The Everybody else can fend for themselves. Person at math. I'm just bad at it. We are big on math here on this podcast. Let me tell you. This is a, Real big this on is math. a bring your own protractor kind of podcast. <laughs> Calculators are allowed. Please use them. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. Oh my God. So here's what I would love. First of all, literally anywhere you want to go, mm-hmm. um, whether it's like, whether it's like the most vulnerable, like cathartic bits, mm-hmm. or whether it's the most ridiculous bits. Like I have a feeling you have enough. You have so much chutzpah that I feel like you have put yourself out there for people mm-hmm. in ways that are like, ways that are like very poetic, mm-hmm. very romantic, very like John Cusack holding up a boombox. A classic. Um, and I feel like I definitely want to hear those, but I, but I'm just like, yes, Lily. Oh <laughs> no, we haven't really talked about grand gestures. I love grand me gestures. Too. Ooh, Listen, good. I've never, I've never had it happen for me yet, but yeah. I love them. I know that people are like, you know, don't propose in public, don't do grand gestures, blah 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 blah. blah. But if I'm ever lucky enough to be, you know, on the receiving end of a grand gesture, I am going to get my life. I love that. Okay. <laughs> Think about like like ten things I hate about you, the the band and the oh I just love it. I think mm-hmm. that they're so when they're done well and you like sure. know mm-hmm. the other person on the other end of it. I just I love them. I find them to be absolutely like I love watching them on YouTube. You know they put the little like compilations together and they're like yes. these are the big That's- proposals or just like the big hey will you take me to this. This dance thing. I love those. To the prom. Yeah. Totally. That's apparently those. a huge thing in the Mormon community now, which I didn't and I didn't know that that, but like the whole like big crazy, I'm going to, would you want to go to a dance with me? Even just like a homecoming dance. It becomes like a whole, it's a whole thing. Uh, I mean, I'm really? sure it extends outside of Mormon kids too. Um, I would chalk that up to sexual frustration, but uh, it's, it's a whole, <laughs> um, it's, uh, the story that I saw about it, they were, people were saying that they, even people who are not romantically involved do it just to surprise each other. And I was like, that's real cute. It is, right. I think can be super awkward if someone has misread, uh, uh, some signals, but <laughs> have you, uh, Kia, have you made any overtures with grand gestures in the past? No, only because, like, I've never been in a situation where I wanted to, but I would I would totally be down to do it for a person who I felt like would, would properly receive it. Because the thing about grand gestures is this. I only would want to, to be the person giving the, the grand gesture if I knew that the other person was going to respond to it kindly, you know? Yeah. I want to try yes. to avoid yeah. rejection at all costs. 
Um, well, that's, uh-huh. that's when you should like, propose on the jumbotron when you've already had the conversation and you know the person's right. going to marry you. Then, by all means, oh god, do by it. All right? Means. Exactly. Like, I feel like sometimes what happens that it's so awkward is like people will like publicly propose or they'll like do some big grand gesture without having talked about it first, or when they or when they don't even know if the person likes public stuff or not. Right. Right. Or they specifically will you, said will they you tell her don't. about Shoney's. Oh my god. Uh, on a previous episode, <laughs> um, a guy who I was like a study buddy with in college, um, we had never kissed. We had never, I mean, we were theater friends, so everybody's kind of hu- a little overly huggy where that's concerned, um, mm-hmm. but nothing romantic at all. And we were hanging out at so- Shoney's one night, and I think it was to study. And just out of nowhere, he just got like big eyes and just like sighing and looking at me and in the Shoney's he was like will you marry me and I was like ha 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 oh no (laughs) (laughs) and he was totally serious so we got no studying done because I basically had to like talk to him about why that was a really bad thing to do (laughs) right you guys why that was inappropriate ew yeah right right that's so awesome. And apparently he was a real weird personality, so she was like, oh, he's, you know, he's just being him. Uh, oh, oh God, nope, no. this he is was okay. Like, he was he, like, it really. spouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want to lock it lock down? Exactly, exactly. He was like, and you know what's going to do it? This Shoney Seafood Buffet. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Kia, have you ever, like, especially when we were younger, mm-hmm. have you ever, have you ever been the one to tell someone that you had a crush oh, yeah. on them? Oh, once I... What have those experiences been, like, internally for so, you? So, like, once I did it in this really... So, me and my best friend um, at the time, we used to write each other notes, right? And I got this really mm-hmm. grand idea to write a note to the boy that I liked in high school. Telling him how much I liked him, like how great he was, how nice it was that he was nice to me. Um, mm. And I put like little hearts over the eyes. And <laughs> I, um, you know, I tried my best to like, I got my friend to like draw things in the margins. Because I can't draw, <laughs> of course. So then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, you know, this is going to be it. I'm going to do it or whatever. And like, I did it. And thank God he never, like, said... So I know he told his friends, which is whatever, but, like, at least you didn't embarrass me in front of the whole school. What he did instead was later that day on MySpace. Remember MySpace? (laughs) Sadly, yes. (laughs) Yikes on a bike. And he was like, like, um... Kia, like, you're a really nice person. Like, you know, I, I think that you're great, and, like, I'm so glad that we're friends. But, like, he capped friends and all, like, friends was in all caps. Ooh. Oh, and, no. And was, oh, that's unnecessary. And he was like, you know. That's unnecessary. Like, he's like, I'm sure that you'll know you'll meet the right person, and, you know, they're out there for you. And I mind you, hindsight is twenty twenty. so I'm like, okay, Kia, you should have left that alone. Did I? No. Oh, no. So then I respond, oh, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, it's because you like my best friend at the time, right? I'm like, uh-huh. it's because you like her and you don't like me, and that's why, because you like her. And you're only nice to me because you like her. And he was like, 
Like, I feel, like, now that I think about it, I'm like, this poor, like, 15, 16-year-old boy is just like, what's happening? He was like, no, he was like, no, Kia. And he was still so nice about it. He was like, no, Kia, like, I don't, I don't like her, you know, and I don't like you, and we can be friends, right? But like, I don't like anyone! Right, he's like, we can be friends, but like, I don't, I don't find you attractive in that way. And then, I, I, like, I stopped messaging him because, like, at some point I had to get, you know, the point. But it was just funny because thinking back, like, me me now, I'm just like, oh, you sweet summer child. Like, you should have just left well enough alone. Like, I really went back and forth for, like, three or four messages trying to convince him that the only reason he didn't like me was because he liked my best friend, who he didn't oh, even like. been there. Oh, it was just, that was a trip. Um... <laughs> In college, I told this boy who worked at one of the bars with the really good cheap drinks <laughs> that I liked him, and he started laughing because I think he thought I think he thought I was joking only because like my whole motto was like flirt with everybody, and then you know something will stick, you know just. <laughs> Right, right, sure. Yes. Just go down the line. Throw that you know? spaghetti at the wall, baby. Like a, um, like a assembly line. Just just everybody. And so I told him, I'm like, oh my God, no, I like you. Like, I like you, like you. And he laughed because he was like, oh. And then he realized that I was serious. And then he was like, you could just see his face fall. He was like, oh, Kia. No, no. And I was like, ooh, yikes on a bike. So those are the only... Yeah. Two times that I was like, let me, you know, make a move on these on these two unsuspecting. Those are bold moves, right. by the way. Because I just was like, oh, I'm totally gonna, you know, I'm gonna, it's gonna be a slam dunk. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get everything I was asking right? for. But we should we should teach our children, especially our daughters, that like it's kind of a numbers game. Right? right? I think that right. girls get in their head a little bit more because traditionally we're not supposed to be the ones who are making the overtures. Um, but but for everybody, that like, it's not the end of the world if you like someone and they don't like you back. Because mm-hmm. two minutes later, unless you live in a really small town, in which case, sorry about it. But like, you're, <laughs> you have so right. many opportunities <laughs> to make wonderful <laughs> connections with people that might turn to be romantic, might turn into something physical, might never... And, and that way, we aren't also crazy about locking it down, right? Right. And that's the thing that you're right. I feel like we aren't taught early. And so, like, no. for me, it really took me a long time to stop internalizing, like, the rejections, big or small. It's hard. Like, you know, and a lot of mm. it is just, like, people are trying to figure out who they are on top of it. So, like, what you think is oh. is weird might also be weird, like that guy at Shoney's, or... Is just weird. nothing's nothing's weird like that guy. <laughs> God bless. Just like, he knows. You know that same standard. I'm trying to figure myself out, and so is this person. And so, like right. this embarrassing thing that I did in high school, no one's gonna remember. Like a year after high school, maybe two years after high school. So it's just like, if we knew then, like especially when we were younger, what we know now, we'd be so much better off. Yeah, and I know to a certain point, there's, like, no telling a 12-year-old that it doesn't matter if the person Mm. you have a crush on doesn't crush on you back. I know there's no point in even trying to have that conversation because every moment of every day is so big. But I think if if you could pivot it to be, like, you might have 
I don't know, smaller, meaningful interactions with people that might not be your forever person and that that's how most people live their lives. I think that it would take some pressure off and it would definitely keep, I, I grew up in a, um, in Virginia where a number of kids like got married really early because they had been told that you should wait to have sex until after they got married. And so people got married really, really young and then had babies really, really young. And two years later, realized they didn't like each other. (laughs) Right. And they were like, ooh, divorce, see. Or or mm -hmm. staying together for the kids until they want to murder each other. God. No, but that, I I, I feel like that, that happened to a couple people that I know. And then like a year or, or like three years later, you know, they got divorced and they, they had either gotten married right out of college like literally i knew somebody who got married a week or two after we graduated college and then you know there was a couple people in high school and i'm like what's the rush you know sometimes like i'll see my friends and they'll be like oh i'm i'm expecting a baby and i'm like i feel like we're like still babies ourselves but like i guess it makes sense because you know 28 isn't like old obviously but it's not like young 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 so i'm like right. i feel like we're still you know what i mean like i i just feel like it, it seems so soon and then they're having like two and three and four kids and i'm like so many people oh no <laughs> oh, some so people, many people some people love it let them have it go right. for it you guys have fun with your very sense. expensive strollers and your and your philosophies <laughs> about uh, eardrops and screen time, and I will be the finance over here. Right? Yes, that's what that's what I try to tell myself. I am. I'm like, listen. I tell my niece all the time. I'm like, I love you. I do, and it's so nice when we can do what give you back. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> like, oof. Yeah, my sister right. is. Uh, <laughs> my sister's 11 years older and she has three kids who i'm gonna see next week which i'm really excited about um we're not doing a whole lot of traveling but we're we're going to ocean city maryland and we're all we're gonna try to stay away from other people and just with each other and Mm. the beach and i feel like the beach is possibly the safest outside place any of us could be right now as long as you're not (laughs) packed up on top of each other um but it's been uh, because she's so much older, the her youngest kid is 17 or 18, and he just graduated from high school, and the oldest, I think, is 25. So growing up as an aunt, when, when the, her first kid was when I was in eighth grade, it's Wild. almost like they're little brothers and sisters. Their age difference with me is not too far off from my age difference, difference with my sister. Mm-hmm. So That's fascinating. Wild. That's super yeah. cute. Oh my god. Oh, 8th grade. I didn't realize right. that her oldest was that old. Um, it's more like ninth or 10th grade. But anyway, uh, math. Who needs it? Right. <laughs> math, none of us. Not a one. That's what calculators are for. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, um, would you, uh, did you mention what you had majored in in school? Oh, no. I, um... I majored in journalism and I minored in creative writing. If there was one thing that I could like go back and do, it would be to take some script writing classes because I, 
I didn't. Um, what I did instead was have my manager, Rachel Miller of Haven Entertainment, shout out to Rachel, okay. send me scripts. And I, like, modeled it in terms of, you know, like, format and stuff. And I, sure. I Googled a bunch. And I was like, I can do this, right? And Rachel was like, yeah, you can do this. And it, you got this. And so um, I literally just, like, Googled the proper ways to format and, like, you know, breaking it down into three acts. And I was done with the first yeah. draft. And, that's I was like, uh, amazing. What is this? What is your writing process like? It sounds like you're really cranking shit out right now. Yeah, I'm trying to. I, I'm a Virgo, so I love. I was gonna. Ask. Yes, I'm a Virgo, so I love a schedule and a plan. Yes. Like I'm. It's my safe place. <laughs> so what I do, what I do is, in the morning, often. Well, when I was working on the novel and the screenplay at the same time, I would go, novel in the morning screenplay at night, right? But now I'm doing um, the novel, the, the movie. I just did a one-pager for maybe a TV show. Um, so I do, so it's like varied now. So like in the morning, I tend to switch. So I'll switch between the rewrite of the novel or like, you know, editing the screenplay and then break for lunch. And in the afternoon, I'll work on like the TV show or this other movie idea that I have. Um, but I try to switch between those three things at different times just to keep my mind fresh. But now the movie is out to people reading. Like, people are reading the movie now. Like, just my friends, mm -hmm. you know, to get their feedback. Um, so I don't have that to do. So now I'm just working on the rewrite and maybe another script. But I do try to break it into things that where it's like, Okay, I'm excited about this today, so I'll do this first, and then this, and then this. And then, like, if I'm getting paid for something, which, who does that anymore? I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do I'm listening. What's that so, like? Yeah. You're like, what's that, what, paying? So, yeah, like, I'll do articles and stuff or whatever I'm, I'm getting paid for first. Knock that out. And then I'll do the, the stuff that, like, I'm excited about, like, the passion projects after that. Yes. I love that. I will, I will say too that like, and I'm sure that you've learned this not only going through it, but also with your manager's support, like mm -hmm. so few of us actually did screenwriting courses. I did take a playwriting class in college and I remember literally nothing of it <laughs> at all. It's so funny. Cause I was like, nothing. it's the same thing I think with, um, writing books because I was like, Oh my God, no. Guys, I don't have an MFA, so I, I, I don't have a creative writing MFA, like I'm not going to be able to write a book. And my literary agent, Alex Slater of Trident Media Group, he was like, Kia, you're going to be able to write a book just <laughs> fine without, the, and I'm like, no, Alex, I know, and he's like, watch. And then I did, and he was like, told you so. <laughs> told you so. And so it's like, hat on the head, little Virgo. Right, and so it's just you got nice this because it's like. It takes the pressure off, and I'm not just like, should I have gone back to school? Because ideally, I didn't oh. want to. So it's like, it's good that I was able to do it without having to, because, God, it just, it's so much work. And I have friends who are it's like, so listen, much I got it's so one. It's so much money. Like, I, I, I went to, I went and got an MFA, and 
you're fine. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yes, you're fine, right? You're already talented. You've got your voice locked down. You know who you are. You know what you want to do in the field. Like, just go. Yeah, so I mean, really, it's, it's, yeah. it's like I'm able to do all these things from, like, the support of my family, obviously, but also of, you know, like, my manager and my lit agent, and, like, they talk to each other about things, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, that Kia's is working good. on this for me and this for you and like they're so cute they he was in la for like some something i don't know alex was in la for some something and then um (laughs) they like went out to dinner and they were like we talked about you and i'm like we love that i love that you guys are like cohesively you know together and hanging out and like makes you feel like mom and dad are both involved I I'm think, like, yes, I, think totally. I think that mystique is created by people who want to hold on to the market for themselves to be like, mm-hmm. there are so many things that I talk myself out of because I didn't feel qualified for. And I don't know why. No, I do. I know a million reasons why, because that I was fucking conditioned to feel that way. But, um, right. absolutely. But like the realization that most people are just faking it, even if they have that degree, uh, I still I have to remind myself about that every day because I get um, uh, cool can't think of the word imposter syndrome all the time, Same. And, mm-hmm. and I mean think about all the people who have expensive degrees that aren't even necessarily helping them right now like uh, it's right, it's right. tricky like the things that I actually need someone to teach me how to do um, I'm I'm hoping to take um a graphic design class coming up soon. And I have taught Mm -hmm. myself some things over YouTube, but some things I need, I need help. I actually do need a teacher. I thrive in that sort of situation. Um, when I'm like, uh, is this good? Oh, it's good. Pat on my head. Or like, this is not making sense. And I need someone to, to make it click. I had, um, I have ADD and it took, uh, I wasn't diagnosed until I was in my thirties. So I spent all growing up where things weren't clicking and I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to ask the right questions to make it click. And people considered me a smart kid. So it was double frustrating for teachers who thought I was quotey fingers smart, that there was some stuff that just, I didn't get like entire, entire chunks and concepts of things. So I was like, I'm wait, what we, how do we, what politics, current events really went over my head. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, not that I don't love theater, but I think one of the reasons why um, I didn't more strongly pursue psychology is because I, I, I like took a statistics class and, it, and I was really bad at it. And I told myself that I needed to have this research bent to, my, to a future in psychology when that's not at all necessarily where I could have gone. Uh, it's so frustrating too because there's like no one really ever there to be like hey no that's not true you know mm-hmm. because odds are um like I, for a couple of years ago maybe it was like 2017 2018 i went back to my alma mater and they had this program where it's called like four years out and you talk to the kids in your major like to try to give them an expectation of like what it's like after college 
Oh. And, the, and a lot of the kids were like receptive, like, but in other departments. So like in the English department, they were like, cool, tell us everything. Like we, they were taking notes. It was adorable. A couple of them were like, can I take a picture with you? And I was like, I'm okay. Um, but it's just <laughs> funny because the kids in my actual journalism degree, I think only a handful, maybe like four or five, were actually asking questions and like trying to figure out what it was actually like after college, how you enter the sort of workforce, quote-unquote. Um, and I think that a part of that was just, like, the other kids, they tried to play it cool, you know? When you're young like that, you, you just want to play it cool, and you're like, you know, I'm just going to try to get what I can out of these other people because you don't want anybody to think that you don't know what you're doing. And that's of part of the problem where it's like, we live in a society where you where like if you don't look like you know exactly what you're doing at all times then people are going to look at you like oh you're you know you're you're an imposter and how dare you and then you start to feel that for yourself so you don't go after the things you want and you don't ask for help because we're not taught that asking for help is um you know important or there's nothing wrong with asking for help especially in like professional settings yeah it's it's wild like it's like when you're when you're younger they're like oh you know ask your parents for help or whatever but you get to a certain <laughs> point where it's like middle school ish high school and then beyond where you have to stop at some point asking people for help because this idea of like you looking weak or not right. or not knowing something immediately somehow makes you less qualified for the thing that you uh, want to do. No one knows anything less than a middle schooler, man. I, <laughs> no offense to any current middle schoolers if you're listening I to this podcast. How did you find this podcast? But no, yeah, you think you know everything and it's kryptonite to admit that you don't. And mm. like needing help and like it is <laughs> And you're all your hormones. Part of the patriarchy. Your hormones right. smashing right. against any brain cells that oh. might be functioning. <laughs> Just <laughs> what a shame. And then we rob ourselves of that natural curiosity. I think that that's also why people give up on like drawing and music as therapy. That's around the period of time where people are developing strengths in whether it's an art form or something else. And then if you see your friend playing the guitar. You're like, well, I'm never going to be that good. I guess I won't ever play the piano again or sing. Right, and, and it's wild right. because it happens at every stage, you know? Whether you're in middle school, high school, or college, you, like... Especially in college, I find, because my whole thing was, like, in in late middle school, early high school, I was like, I wish so desperately that I could play the piano, right? But I'm like... It's just not possible to play with one hand. Surprise, it is possible. People do it. But uh -huh. I didn't know that at the time, and so I gave up before I even decided to try. And it's just funny now, like, looking back on so many things that I gave up on that I just didn't even want to try because I just knew that I was going to fail or whatever. But it's just like, there's nothing wrong with failing, and I wish that we taught people that it's okay to fail, you know? But right. it's worse to not try and to always wonder than it is to actually try it and fail. Right. A thousand percent. The failure in is in, is in and of itself its own story. Right. And it's not ever really failure. It's just 
learning and evolving. Exactly. Some of my best stories come from brilliant failures. Ooh. Right. <laughs> Same. Oh, well, I mean, Absolutely. let's we can talk about that really quick. Does anybody have a brilliant failure story? I mean, just the time that I, like... <laughs> so, you know how you're, like, you know, in a class in college or whatever, and you're like, oh, I've prepared some of the best whatever I've ever prepared. Like, for, like, an assignment or something. And mm-hmm. I got up to, in front of the whole lecture hall. You know what? Lecture halls are, like, full of people. They have way too many people in the class. And the teachers never know your name. Anyway, so I get up in front of this lecture call class for geology, I believe it is. And I was like, I'm going to ace this. Like, this is going to be the best. I'm going to, you know, like, charm the socks off this lady. And I get up there, and I do this full presentation with, like, um, visual aids that I, you know, had my friend help me with. Come to find out, I was, I think it was, like, some sort of rocks or something. And I did my entire presentation on a separate set of rocks that were, like, two (laughs) units after the thing that we were supposed to be talking about. And I went first, of course. So, the class had a field day. And I failed the thing. But the teacher, I remember her being like, um, you did really great work. And this would have been really great work if it was from two units for now. (laughs) But it was just like, and it's just so funny because like every, every moment, like academic or not, that I've, failed at so like you know whether I failed uh, playing like I used to try to play the trombone when I was in elementary school and I was terrible at that Um, but I did it anyway or it's like failing at that like assignment or like getting rejected in whatever way those are often the stories that I can only laugh about later but also use as like fuel to propel myself forward which is really nice like I told my um, manager, Rachel, today, I was like, I want to act. Like, I want to try acting. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. I'm probably going to get a bunch of rejections. But if I could just get one yes, like, that's that's all I want. And so it's funny because it's like, with each rejection, I find myself that much more determined to see something positive come of it. Right. Like, it makes you hungry. Yeah, right. And I, yeah. when people used to say that, I'm like, oh, my God, you're so corny. Like, that's not how that works, whatever. Huh. But it really <laughs> is. Like, the worse that I am at something, the better I want to be. Right? And there's a little, um, there's a little infographic. And, like, then, of course, the, the phrase, you know, don't quit, don't quit before the miracle. <gasps> every time I, every time I see that, I'm like... <gasps> Okay. I love that. I'm okay. going to write that down and put that on my wall somewhere. I love it! Don't quit before the miracle. I love That's it. So That's yes. so good. It's so beautiful. Um, I have a friend who sends that to me every once in a while. I'm like, thank you. I needed it. Um, and then there's also like this little old-timey cartoon of a guy, and he's got a, he's got a pick, like a, like a miner's pick, mm-hmm. and he's tunneling through soil and you can see like the x-ray vision the visual of him the cross the cross section and you can see him making his way and he's gone for miles and miles and it's just soil 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 and he gives up and he starts to turn around and like 
two feet from him on the other side of the soil is like this giant gold mine. Oh my gosh. And you're like, yeah! <laughs> you're like, turn around! <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, keep going! You're just gonna get hungrier. And that's, like, that's resilience. I think ultimately the, the theme that we talk about the most is just resilience because whatever pings at you, like heartbreak, grief, total uh, social annihilation, (laughs) (laughs) you know, being marginalized and having to fight against societal structures that want you to be small, um, all of those things, if you can just bounce back and want the opposite of that even more, that resilience that resilience is a lifesaver. It is. Constantly. And it's wild because I don't even know where it came from. Like, I, right? I li- like, it's so funny because I always say, like, I am a product of very strong women. Women who just, like, keep going. So I guess that's where I got it from. But it's just so funny to me because I'm like, I'm, I'm ready for every failure. You know what I mean? Like, I'm expecting that. Yes. I'm not, you know, going into something like, oh. I'm going to be the best at it immediately because that's just not how it works. I feel like I find that the things that matter most to me are the things that I have to work at. So everything that I do, you know what I mean? I'm like, let me just work at it to make it the best it can be. Like I'll get a thousand no's before I get one yes and I'll take it. Like with the book and everything, you know, we sold at auction, which was a dream come true, but there was still a bunch of no's before I ever got you know, multiple yeses. And I just think that, Mm -hmm. like, it's a marker of how much you care about the thing that you're trying to do is that you're willing to fall down a bunch of times and scrape your knees and, you know, really hurt for this thing that when it actually happens, you know, or if it never does and and you change direction entirely, it just goes to show how, how so much about... The thing, but also about who the person doing the thing is, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Uh, yeah. I and you never. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. Uh, I'm almost exactly the opposite, and it's bratty and terrible. But I give up on things that I'm not immediately good at all the time. And why it She's is? A Capricorn. I am a Capricorn. But that we're usually like focused, right? We're supposed to be like, I'm gonna work hard, and I like working hard when I find something. When I find my groove, then I'm really unstoppable. But when it's a thing where I'm like, some, something, I get a block and I can't get past that block for whatever reason, whatever it is, and then I'm like, well, I do these other things really well. I'm gonna go do more of that. <laughs> like, um, and my, I have, I don't. Uh, Having done burlesque I and hosting, I do, um, I MC a lot of my own shows, which means I do a lot of jokes. And the one thing that I think that I probably could get into if I felt motivated is stand-up comedy. I, that is something that you cannot ever get better at without failing marvelously over and over again in front of lots of people. There's no mm-hmm. way. There's no, burlesque, I can, I can practice at home. Um, if I'm emceeing, I could like pick up a couple open mic nights for things that I didn't care about, public speaking, anything like that. But like, I don't know why the idea of standing up in front of, it's that imposter syndrome thing again, where I'm like, I'm going to stand up in front of you. And automatically, if I'm doing comedy, that means you, if you don't laugh, I didn't actually do my job. (laughs) Right. That's... (laughs) And it's scary. I did a, I did a five minute set 
um, at a very friendly open mic night a couple months ago and it killed and I literally walked away from it and I was like, I did it. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I peaked. (laughs) Executed perfectly and I'm done. (laughs) No, that's fair though because I always say like, I'm a flawed Virgo because spreadsheets, I don't, I don't get spreadsheets. I like a schedule and a plan, but spreadsheets, I can't, I don't, I think it's just because I don't know how to do them. Oh, I don't either. I just put things in the little boxes. (laughs) You're like, yeah, little box. I'm not going to write you a formula. (laughs) (laughs) Please. (laughs) I just like to compartmentalize, I I think. (laughs) I think it's so funny that you mentioned stand-up comedy because, like, I feel like I'm funny when I'm not trying to be, you know? Like when I'm, And I feel like with stand-up comedy, you have to try to be funny. That's the whole right. point. Yes. And so, I, like, yes, I feel like I would bomb a bunch. But um, you have to. Like, everybody does. Even right, people who are multimillionaires now, when they started off, had night after night Still where bomb. they walked home just like, oh, that was terrible. <laughs> Which is interesting because... I- it's not expected that actors have the same that same ratio like at yes. all. Yes. <laughs> like you really should be a good actor and maybe a couple of projects that you've done were like but it's not necessarily because of you. Like maybe right. it was really poorly done or there wasn't enough money in it or there was too much money in it. You know, right? Like an actor is supposed to just once they're a good actor, they can't be bad. They're a good actor. Right. right. Yeah. That is wild. Which... I never thought about that, but that's so true. Like, people make fun of um, Will Smith all the time because he had that, like, string of rough movies. But I'm like, but he's Will Smith. I know. Like, what are you... Smith. I don't... He had some bad movies? I feel like I've missed a big chunk of his history. It's wild. Even cause... though I was absolutely enamored of him for so, so long. And then just kind of like lost Some focus. of them, though, to me, weren't bad. Like, I loved Collateral Beauty. I mm. I loved that little movie. Like, ugh, serious will, we stand. Oh, it's just, but it's oh just... he's so good. He's so yeah, heart-wrenchingly he's good when he's yeah. serious. And he's so perfect when he's funny. Right. It's Ooh, wild now, now that I want to be able this. to do both. So it just depends. Because some people don't have proper taste. And so they think that things are bad that aren't bad. <laughs> That's not our fault. You I agree. I mean? like, Accurate. I agree. <laughs> also, you're allowed <laughs> to you're know. allowed to not like something without being like, well, I because I don't like it, it's terrible. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> something. And just an idea. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean like people get so highbrow. I think particularly about movies sometimes, yes. where it's like especially on the internet, like. The internet will love a movie or a TV show, and I'll watch it, and I'll be like, I hate all of you. Yes, I did that too. (laughs) (laughs) But I I recognize, yeah, I recognize, though, that, like, um, there's millions of people who like to watch Storage Wars and The Bachelor and things like that. There are, Mm. I love baking, but I can't get into the Great British Bake Off. There are times when I feel like I'm an alien because I just, I don't get the entertainment that so many people uh, uh, also get this entertainment out of, but I'm not going to be like, well, that that stuff sucks and is dumb. I'm just like, right. I, don't, right. I don't get it. It's just got its own audience. Right, like Game of Thrones um, for me and Succession, they just weren't, 
my jam. Now, I personally have ha have held quite the vendetta against Game of Thrones. That's um, fair. But, Understandably. But I think, like, with Succession, I was like, well, it's just not for me. I didn't hate it with the fiery passion of a thousand suns like I did Game of Thrones. But, <laughs> but I think that, like, sometimes you just have to remember your own taste when people recommend you things and like you can you can give something a go and if you don't like it then it's fine like you don't have to like something just because the internet does oh my god did people try to right. force you to like game of thrones were people yes. like oh you gotta do this sure they did i like game of thrones but... season mm. oh no when people are like, like oh but you just know. give it another go it's so good you're missing out and i'm like well excuse why well, i'm just gonna have to miss out then because it just wasn't for me. How and many episodes? I liked you. a lot of the actors, but I was just like, mm -mm. nope. Yeah, that is a okay. <laughs> for you, what is the greatest, in your opinion, whether whether it's trash and you just like it anyway, or you think it's actually good and you like it and nobody else acknowledges it? What do you feel like is the most slept-on pop culture? Ooh. Advent. Ooh, I'm cheating. I'm going to give you four because four is my favorite number. Give me four. They canceled yes. Pitch, which was on Fox, which was a absolute masterpiece. And I don't even like baseball. Pitch was so good that it made me like baseball. It made me think that I was a baseball fan. Um, for starters, because our uh, mutual friend Danielle loves baseball. Yes, she loves she's baseball. a big Mets fan. And like she talks, yes. So she talks to me about it, and I'm like, that's so great. I'm I'm very happy for you. I love you very much. But <laughs> I loved Pitch, and they let Pitch go because why? They can't ever let us have nice things. I really loved mm. the Party of Five reboot that was canceled because again, I can't have nice things. People don't talk about <laughs> Superstore on NBC enough. Because again, I love Superstore. It's so good, like Lauren Ash. She makes so just funny, and I'm so sad that America is leaving it. But I, I'm excited to see what they do oh, with it. I haven't caught up. Oh. I didn't know that. Why is she leaving? I think no, she's no, no, just. Fine. I think she wants to do like other projects. That's um, been running sure. for a while. Right, they've been on the air for seven for a minute. Seasons. So yeah, Superstore I think is underrated. Um, oh, there's just so many, like, like things that people should be watching. And, of course, I'm blanking out all of Superstore them. is very but Superstore charming. is so cute. And, like, it's just funny in a way that, like, you can tell that there's genuine talent behind it, you know? Where it's, like, mm -hmm. they're not force-feeding you. And that's not, like, a... Like, sometimes I find with, like, laugh tracks and stuff, that you're, like, oh, this is where you should mm -hmm. laugh. Even right, if it's right. not funny, but like with Superstore, it's just so naturally funny. ABC had this show recently called The Baker and the Beauty, and it was yes. so good, and they canceled it, so my hope uh, is that somebody will pick it back up, because it was just adorable. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good places doing a lot of good work, but I find that like... The stuff that I'm enjoying so much more are, you know, either things on, like, the CW or things on, like, um, streaming platforms. Like, oh, a slapdown TV show is called In the Dark. It's on the CW. It slaps. Try it out. What is it about? It's about this blind girl named Murphy 
who... Oh, I auditioned for that show. Yes. <laughs> so she's she's a blind girl named Murphy, and she um, is, like, desperate to solve the murder of the person who killed her best friend. It's so well done. Like, I'm... And it's, it's interesting, because the girl who um, plays Murphy is not blind in real life, which... I would normally say is an issue, but apparently the girl that it's based off of, uh, or the the person who wrote it who was blind, who is like this sort of like loosely based person that it's on. Oh, the writer is blind? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, so, so some in some sort of way she approved of that casting. So uh-huh. that I was like, okay, well then I'll let that, I'll let that, you know, I'll let that go. But I think that that's a really good show. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I think is coming up that I'm excited about. Like, they're doing that Babysitter's Club <gasps> reboot. <gasps> Did you watch it when it used to be on Disney yes. in the 90s? Yes! I love yes! Babysitter's Club. I'm so excited to see what they do. Like, I'm obviously oh, not their target audience, but I don't care. I do. <gasps> oh, I know. Doesn't it make you feel super it old really now does. to, like, watch? She's like, right? The, the, just the trailer. She was like, oh my god, what is that? It's like a retro phone. And I'm like... Ah, I had that phone. Well, I didn't have it. I wanted, I wanted it. it. I wanted so that bad. phone so badly. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good <laughs> stuff on right now. I think it's just about like sometimes you have so many options that it's hard to catch everything because you're like, there's Hulu, oh, I'm, I'm Netflix, completely overwhelmed. Disney Plus and blah blah blah, and you're like, oh my god, there's just so much to do. And then I just rewatched The Last Man on Earth for the seventh time in a row. So good, justice yeah. for that show. So good. Kia, they did they did a Zoom reunion at the beginning of quarantine uh-huh. that is so wonderful. If you if you search it on YouTube, it's just like it will warm your heart. If that if you loved that show, you will absolutely I love plots. when they do it's those wonderful. though because the cast of Lizzie McGuire did one. The people of Passions <gasps> Passions was my favorite show <gasps> in the whole wide world. Oh, it was so I good. I kid you not. Everything, it meant the world to me. They did a Zoom and a table read, and I was oh, like, I have got fine. to find it. Oh, God. Amazing. That show was, my yes. first ship ever. Oh, it was bananas. <laughs> it was so bananas. I loved it. So wild. That was like the only soap opera that I ever saw. And I only ever saw it when I was like home with the flu. So I was already a little <laughs> adult. And so I'd watch it, you know, and there's like sexy witches. Yes! And like, mm, this looks like a soap opera, a but I don't ride. know. I love, yeah. <laughs> well, because there was always a cliff. And, and like, there were like most... Soap operas didn't go into the supernatural and stuff, but if you're going to bring people back from the dead, you already did, so you may as well have witches. And what the hell? Right. Why not some yes. like warlocks and yes. stuff? Like, let's let's get some lycanthropes up in here. Let's- <laughs> hell yeah, passions! <laughs> so, good. so good. What is your favorite train wreck that you know is a train wreck and you don't even oh care? Oh my gosh! Oof. Let me think about that one. Because I try not to have guilty pleasures. I just like everything. Oh, um, um, um. I love, uh, like, the reality stuff, like, Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my god, ew. Married at First Sight is terrible. But I am obsessed <laughs> with it. These people are wild rides. In season 9, I haven't even watched season 10 yet, season 9 was a trip. They're, just a teaser. There is a couple 
named Amber and Matt. Matt is literally the worst person I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, he's just a terrible <laughs> person. And, like, I need everybody who is anybody to watch it. Just season nine. Just start there. Because <laughs> it's the worst. And 90 Day Fiance. Oh, I've heard great things I about that. I hear that's that. absolutely 90 Day Fiance is a gift that literally keeps on giving. <laughs> this past season, 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. Oh, Please, please go watch is it. Is that is that the show that has the big guy with like slicked oily hair yeah, and who, he puts and his mayo partner in his is this hair. small Asian? Yes, he puts mayo in his hair, real life mayo, and well, I call him Ed in Shoulders because like he's a terrible person, <laughs> and like he thinks that it's because he doesn't have a neck, but it's also because like. Nobody cares about that part. You're just a really bad person. And like, oh no! Please, I've never wanted anything in my life the way that I want you both to find this season of 90 Day Fiance available on the TLC app. It's it's specifically 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days because there's 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days, happily ever after, and like 16 other ones. But you should watch. 90 Day oh, Fiance yeah. before the 90 Days of this season. Cause I am, that, I am we can watch so that on Netflix, right? This. Does Netflix keep shoving that in front Maybe. of me? Maybe. I don't know. I watched it I watched it as it was happening, and boy, what a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> That's so, so great. So, yeah, those are yeah, the ones that, like, so like, that stuff is just so good. Like, And then you get invested, and you're like, these people are telling all of their business on national yes. television. But you can't look to away. people that they actually know want to exploit them. It's, it's like wild. that's all the shit you and sign. They don't even, like get paid that much per episode. No, no, they don't. It's uh, it's all for like, like endorsements and stuff. And it's wild too because mm. like um, I have a friend who told me how much they get paid because she knows. I was like, that's it. Like, mm. and that's and it's like you you really only see a nice chunk. If you're in every single episode, but they don't want you in every single episode because then they'd have to pay you for every single episode. And then these people have these like racist, misogynistic pasts and like they come out on these secret Facebook fan pages and then like, you know, TLC or whoever has to like deal with it. You know, because people find out. It's wild. You should watch it. Oh. Right. Oh. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh. done done. awesome. We do tend, we oh do my tend God. to end our shows with, uh, like, a recommendation. So I feel like those are all really, really solid. Um, I I was saying to Jen, my only recent recommendation for walking, watching things, I was watching The Politician. Have you seen this yet? With Ben Platt? Mm-hmm, but I've heard of it. So I can't tell if it is a good show or a bad show. I just like it. <laughs> and that happens to me a lot where I'm like, I'm so enamored. Like, I love Ben. And I uh, actually, Gwyneth Paltrow is quite charming in it. Um, but it's like, by all counts, not the kind of thing I'm into. It's soup, like it's rich people problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not, that's not what my goal usually is. Um but yeah, so I need to, I, I haven't been on any message boards, but I just binged the first season. So I need other people to tell me if it's good or if I just like it. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, it was a very, it All was very entertaining and it was one of, it's been a while since I was like, I got to see the next one. I got to see the next one. I got to know what's going on. Uh. I think I have a friend 
Do you know Ryan Haddad, Kia? No, the name sounds familiar, though. He he is an actor, and he recently did a one-man show in the city at um, at the public, and he is a queer actor of color um, with CP as well. Oh, nice. And his show, what the heck was his show called? And it, it sold out. I did not get to see it, but um, but I'm pretty sure he is in the politician, and uh, and he is just a lovely human being. Uh, there is. I think I know who you're talking about. I'm gonna say it. R I R Y A N. Yeah. Haddad. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Okay. I was actually gonna bring him up earlier. Um. He. You were. Yeah, uh. Well, when you were talking about representation and stuff, like he. Is not a huge character in this show, um, but he's definitely not a pitiable character in any Love way. He, he happens to know, like, there's a, I don't want to give away anything about it. He's um, stylish. He's, he's super cute. Um, he's integral to the plot. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot of big scenes, um, but he's definitely not uh, thrown like he's not swept under the rug in any way and that's so um, good yeah portrayed as like i think that he's got like a love interest who's not interested in him and back but it's not because he's been in the special ed class that he talks about like it's just because they're not they don't click um yeah yeah i like him a lot i would love to see more of magnolias is on netflix and you should watch that because that's actually like good bad bad good like it's, <laughs> okay. like, it's really okay. cute. You, and you get, like, you get invested fast. Um, mm. So, yeah, watch oh, that. Oh, cute. That's a, that's a, 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 a non-reality-based one. Is it, a, is it a Southern thing? Yeah. And people were like, I tweeted about it, and they're like, no, Kia, it's called Steel Magnolias. I'm like, I know oh. the difference. Thank you very much, <laughs> okay? I love Dolly Parton and Sally Field. I know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. What's wrong with people? Good. It's like, and they fly by. That's great. So, uh, it looks like so. There's an oh, actress fabulous. in here that was in um, uh, 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 Drop Dead Diva. The lady from Drop Dead Diva is in it. I yes. would like to see her play something else. So I'm looking forward to that. Love oh, her. She is? Yeah, she's in it. She. I love. She's her. good in it. I love that show. I love it that so show. Good. It was so good. I mean, obviously imperfect. Um, it, it dropped a diva. Yeah, it's you know, and I, I, I don't know how you feel about this, Kia, but especially um, for for my own marginalizations when it comes to fat femme characters, mm-hmm. there's just so much morality that that comes into context with watching people of size that I know it's going to take incremental change Mm -hmm. and I know it's going to be so imperfect before it gets perfect. And I think that it shouldn't. I think we should just be able to turn on a dime and say, no, we're going to treat these bodies the same. They're all going to be respected. They're all going to be safe. They're all going to, you know, be deserving of healthcare and education and opportunities and love and blah, blah, blah. But, um, I feel like for what it, for when it happened, it was a lovely bit of incremental representation, Agreed. you know? Agreed. Yeah. I, I quite liked Drop Dead Diva and it grew on me 
very quickly. And Jonah from Superstore is I in know. it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Ben Feldman. I have the biggest crush on that dude. So He's when so he showed up in Mad Men, I was like, hmm, what's this? That whole like <laughs> oh, ben dark Feldman's hair, pink cheeks, Jewy. I fucking love it so much. Um, so yeah, I was I would watch Drop Dead Diva just for that. He's also in Silicon Valley as like an oh. asshole lawyer. He's oh, what Is a he, dream. I like see him. It's so funny because I never knew what his name was before I started watching Superstore. But I would see him in a bunch of stuff. Like I never knew what his actual name was. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's just, he's, he's very quietly underrated, I think, because he's just funny. Absolutely. And he's cute. He's he reminds me a lot of, um, um, uh, Jason Ritter in that way. Oh, I, sure. I, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just love him. And he had this show on ABC, which was also canceled, called Kevin Probably Saves the World. <laughs> and I was yes. obsessed with it because he had such great chemistry with the love interest in that, um, uh, in that show and uh joanna garcia swisher who is the main character of sweet magnolias played his sister in that in that tv show oh nice nice just a little Fun. bit of oh that's trivia. amazing man um, i walked away with a, a wealth but, from this <laughs> from this last hour and a half oh my gosh I will, I will give you my own little bit of mortification as we, as we close up today and say that me, uh, me thinking that Ben Feldman is dreamy is right on par because I absolutely fell head over heels in love with David Krumholtz a million years ago. <laughs> Y'all know David Krumholtz these days from numbers, but how did he start? He's the nebbishy boy who goes to summer camp with Wednesday Adams. And I was like, that one. <laughs> how do you, wait, how do you spell this? I got to see this. How, how do you say his, spell his name? K- David Krumholtz. K-R-U-M. Oh, there he is. Ooh, look at you. I know oh, who right? that is. Oh, I know who that is. Yes, you know exactly who that is. So he was he was the nebbishy boy at summer camp in Adam's Family Values, and then he was Bernard in the Santa Claus. Yes, he sure oh my God. was. The elf. There was a moment, right? For me, yes, as, as Bernard, Oof. I was like, oh, okay, yep. Ooh, he's right. So you know, and the two of them, I mean, to me, they're basically the same person, except like twenty years apart. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's see that buddy comedy, please. Right. So oh yes, please. I will fund it myself. <laughs> uh, well, Kia, it has been an uh, absolute joy talking to you. Will you tell the fine people such a where to find you, and importantly, where to uh, buy your your writings? Where to buy your Ooh, book? Yeah, um, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Kia K E A H underscore maria m-a-r-i-a that's on both twitter and instagram um you can check out my website at kiabrown.com and the pretty one is available wherever books are sold also keep an eye out for you know total domination Domination. (laughs) but also fall 2022 i have a picture book coming out with cochlea books it's called sam's super seats it's about a little girl getting ready to go back to school shopping with her mom and her best friends. Um, so I'm excited about that. But also, yeah, just kiabrown.com is where you can find most of my work. The pretty one is, uh, at wherever books are sold. It's also an audio book and not to brag, 
but a lot of people seem to like the audiobook, so if audiobooks are your thing, I would suggest getting it as an audiobook as well. Um, but yeah, you Who can find Who reads your me. audiobook? Is it you? Yes, it's me. Ah! You can yes! find me all over the interwebs, and um, don't be afraid to say hi. We can talk about cheesecake, and books, oh. and pizza, and attractive people. And minding our business. Yes, and minding <laughs> our business. Exactly. Yes, all the good things. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us. You are truly a fuck buddy of merit, um, which is what I we love call that. Our thank fans. you. Yes, thank you for having me. I love that. I'm, I'm going to put that on my website. Thank you very much. Yes, Paul. <laughs> you are a joy. <laughs> just in the about section instead of about me, it's just going to say fuck buddy of merit. <laughs> 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 By that URL, girl. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'm going to do that. And we'll just redirect to my website. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, Amazing. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you for a having me. A million percent. Oh, I love Our this. pleasure. Oh, yay. I'm so happy. Thank you for all those delicious stories and for being your very rad, very outspoken, very confident, and fucking cute self. Thank you very much. Uh, by the way, hot, because I remember that tweet, yes, too. Yes, thank you. We love that energy. We love that energy. That's what I'm bringing in in 2020. <laughs> All right, fuck buddies. Everybody be safe, be well. We love you. And uh, please support Kia and find her in whatever way you choose to find Yay. her. And you guys know how to reach out to us. Uh, if you don't, then Google it. We trust you. <laughs> That's a lot of I believe in you. I believe in you. Be careful, though, because if you do just put in all the fucks, you might come out with something else. But it might make your day a little more interesting, so. Send us your screenshot. <laughs> Send us your screenshot and do it on incognito mode if you're at work. So that's all. Oh Amazing. Uh, all right. Bye, guys. Beautiful. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>